Good morning, everybody. It has been a journey, and I thank you, everyone, who has already this morning given me words of encouragement, um, words of support, and thanks. Peter, thank you for your introduction. And um, I really wanted to start um, today by talking about a little bit about me and then a lot about God. So where I, oh, it's a nice chair here. Let's just use that. I grew up in this community. I am a product very much so of this culture. Um, I was baptized across the street at the original Mountain View building. Um, I have known many of you in this congregation. You have been my Sunday school teachers, my cadet counselors, my youth leaders, um, my friends, my supporters through my entire life. Um, I was born into this congregation. I have stayed in this congregation as a member, um, even while I was at university, and I professed my faith at the bottom of these stairs, and were it God's plan, um, I would have walked down this aisle and been married right where I'm standing. Um, that's not exactly how that story ended, but God provided and supported us um, anyways. So that is my journey. I am part of this congregation, and I am excited, while also incredibly nervous, to sit in front of you and share um, what God has been sharing with me over the last couple of months, specifically. Um, as the screen now shows, um, talking about some of the lies that we have learned um, that have kind of slipped into our culture as Christians, and we just kind of get to look at that a little bit today and see where God's truth um, comes into the mix. So we'll start with, actually, I'm going to start with a word of prayer and just open up this space. Lord, thank you so much for bringing me here, but more importantly, thank you for all the people in my life who have helped me come to this point. Um, I pray that the message spoken is, is spoken through your spirit, and that um, the hearts of all those who hear it are moved by the spirit, and, and that it is you who brings us together. Um, it is you who brings these words forth, um, and I pray that um, I can just humbly be a messenger for you. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the text today um, oh, I think I tapped too much. Can I move the slides back, or is that just you guys? Because <laughs> I am now much ahead, and we'll get to that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so the text today is Romans 12, verse 1 to 2. Um, where do we start? Um, in January, Pastor Mike, before he left, um, boldly asked me to preach um, two weeks later, before he was officially done at Mountain View. That didn't quite happen in time, but... Uh, he was the first push, major push into me being here, and Pastor Eric completed that process and asked me if I would preach while he was on vacation. He asked me what uh, I would preach upon, and this verse, Romans 12, verse 1 to 2, has really been my life verse for the last year or so. So 
It's been impressing on me, and now I get to share that with you guys. So Romans 12, verses 1 to 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to give yourselves as living, to, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. One of the lines that really stands out for me is the patterns of this world. And we are often... There's no more. Um, yep, so we got that. I think you guys know what slide I'm supposed to be on. If you could just put me there, that would be great. Um, we often think about the patterns of this world as, oh, the secular world has patterns, and there are things that, lies that they tell themselves that kind of influence the culture there and um, kind of bring that out. So the secular world, which we can easily, nicely wrap up as saying the outsiders, the ones who are not in part of our church, are the ones who say these lies to each other. Things like um, money will make you happy. Um, if you want to succeed, just try harder, and then you will get there. Um, these are things that have kind of worked their way into culture and the, um, things like cheerleading is not a real sport, which I, I think it surely is. They work very hard at that, and, um, and uh, that's just not very nice because they're, they're athletes just like everyone else. Um, and this kind of extends to being a good person will get you into heaven. Uh, there's a lot of talk nowadays about, oh, as long as you do good and be good, it doesn't matter what you believe, but if you're a good person, you'll get into heaven. And we know that there's more to that equation, more to that question. Um, and all this really boils down to do more, make more, be more, being busy, that will make you successful, and that will bring you um, the happiness that we talked about. So those are the patterns, the kinds of things that we're really used to hearing and like those lies kind of make sense when I say them and those are, well, that's a little bit us, but that's mostly the secular world. So what we're going to look at today more specifically is are there these same kind of patterns in our Christian world? Do we have things that happen in our culture that we've kind of just come to believe, or some people have come to believe that, oh, that's, that's just the way it is. That's just the, a truth that we've kind of come to see and know, even though it is not the way that the Bible might portray things or the way that Jesus taught us to live. So the first one that we're going to look at today is going to church on Sunday makes you a good Christian. This is a lie that helps us feel comfortable. It means we don't have to step out of our comfort zone because Christianity is this building. Church is this church, this building right here. And if that is all that we think about and all that is important, then that makes our lives a lot easier. 
But imagine it this way. I went to university, and I was a student. Um, I have a degree in mechanical engineering, if you'll believe it, but uh, that's a different story. Um, I'm still here, and this is God, God pulling me the way he will, and that's kind of how life goes. But anyway, if a student only studied for their courses for one hour every week, would that make them a good student? It's just, it's also like, imagine you're making a cup of tea in the morning to go with your breakfast. Imagine taking the tea bag and quickly dipping it in to the hot water. Would you consider yourself to have successfully brewed a cup of tea? In the same way, we can't simply call ourselves Christians by saying, I spent one hour on Sunday morning thinking about God in this place or online, and that was enough. That means I've successfully done my base level as a Christian. And for some people, that might be the start. It is a starting point on the journey, but as we talk about a student, we're here to learn, and we're here to engage, and we're here to build in to this community of Christianity that God has led us on. Jesus gives us a beautiful example of this. If this was the most important thing about Christian life right here, me talking for this, we'll say 20 minutes, would Jesus not have spent his entire ministry sitting in synagogues and preaching the word? Or what we would soon to be known as the word. That was not at all how Jesus' ministry went. I think most of us sitting here would be able to easily give plenty of examples of Jesus meeting people on the road, in houses, at parties. His first miracle, after all, was turning water into wine at a wedding. Jesus did his ministry. Jesus engaged with people everywhere he went. It wasn't just about coming to church, sitting in a synagogue at that time, and talking. He engaged. The second lie that this walks into, and I went to that. Oh, can you guys back me up? Thanks. Technology is wonderful. And thank you to the <laughs> AV team for everything that you guys do. Um, yeah, can we just go to the next slide? Number two. I'll let you guys handle that, I think. But anyway, the second lie that we often talk about, or that I want to talk about, is you can be a good neighbor without getting to know anyone who is not like you. What this means is it's easy to neighbor, and we're talking so much about neighboring and being missional and all that kind of stuff. It's easy to get to know people if they look like you, if they have a similar background as you, if they walk and talk like you. Getting to know your neighbors in that context, while still being difficult, can be a lot easier and more comfortable. You're not getting pushed as far. But God really, Jesus calls us to get to know people who are different from us, who, people who are ethic, ethnically different, racially different, agely different, um, come from different backgrounds and different walks of life. Jesus shows us this by talking to all the 
outsiders in the Jewish, in the Jewish context in the Bible, Jesus went and sought out fishermen who were one of the lowest jobs that you could possibly do. He talked with tax collectors. He talked with Pharisees. He told them what he thought, but he still talked to Pharisees. He talked to everyone in this culture. It, he did not ever stop and say, no, I will not listen to your story. No, I do not want to walk this journey with you. In the same way, we are called to get out of our comfort zone meet, and meet people who are not like us. So what is, but how does this help us? People who aren't like us have a different story. It is by listening to that story that we are able to change our own hearts. This is where the being transformed comes into play, as the text talks about. We get to listen. If we can listen with empathy to the stories of the people around us, that is how our hearts can truly be changed. Uh, can we actually go back one slide to who number three? Thank you. So this listening with empathy leads into my third point. The lie is it's only a problem if it affects me or us, this congregation. It's really easy to say things like, oh, I'm, I'm not a racist because I've never owned a slave. Or do I have to do anything to support indigenous people because my family didn't help with residential schools? Or, I mean, we all immigrated here. We didn't know what was going on. It's easy to say any of these kinds of things if you don't know what's going on. And this is why it is so important to learn other people's stories. It's so important to learn and to listen to what they have to say so that that listening can transform your heart. It's not enough to listen to someone so that you can say, okay, I listened to you, now you have to listen to my story and I can now impress upon you what you should change or what you should be doing. Jesus, while sharing his, on his journey, he entered into people's stories. He met them exactly where they were at. This is why he came to earth to save us. He didn't try and shower his love down on us from heaven and say, good job down there, keep doing what you're doing, or change this and that. He, in the most humble sacrifice you can, on, in history, Jesus came down to our level, looked us in the eye, and said, I love you, and shared in the story. He didn't look down from on high and say, keep doing what you're doing. He didn't say, good job for this or not for that. He got down. He came to earth as a human so that he could understand what we are going through. 
In the same way, we need to humble ourselves to get down to someone else's level and listen to their story so that we can share, so we can know what affects them, and that way it can in turn affect us. It's e it, the only way to break down this lie is to actually lean into it. Problems are only problems if they affect other people, but we need to know about these things, and the only way we know about them is to be aware of them. Having our indigenous, um, the, the historical indigenous landscape be announced at the beginning of the service is a step in that direction. We're joining in the conversation and the story of those people to try and understand where they're coming from and what has gone on in their lives. This is where the beginning of this text comes in. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. This isn't easy. This is incredibly challenging. Listening with no agenda, with no desire to change the person you're listening to, when we feel so innately that we as Christians are called to say, hey, your life is, is, might be good, might be bad, but it will be better when you come here to our house. And while that is true, and I believe that to be true, we have to let God change hearts. That's not our job to convince someone that we are correct in our beliefs. God's got that covered. He is better at it than we will ever be. All we have to do is listen and be open and probably step out of our comfort zone to listen to those who are different than us. And as we get to know other people and as we get to know their stories, we can remember that we are all one body. Every human on this planet is a child of God. And if we're all one body, if one part is suffering, the whole body suffers. We have to break down the lie in thinking that suffering is, might be apart from us because we aren't aware of it. There are people in this world that are hurting. This is the time of life where I would say all of us are hurting in some way. But in order to move past that, you have to be known and you have to know other stories. And that is how we can move from being us being insiders and others being outsiders to the whole body being unified. It can be hard to listen. It can be easy to want to jump in and say, hey, that's wrong. But God calls us to listen first and then to discern. And that is where being transformed by the renewing of our mind helps us to just, after we have listened, after we have learned people's stories, we can then be transformed by them through God's working in the Holy Spirit. This is how we detect the lies 
that they have told themselves, that culture has told us, and that the devil wants us to believe. We will then be able to seek, you will then be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. As we have listened to each other's stories, we can then take that knowledge and come together in unity under God's holy word and find the best path forward. Now the question that remains is, what lies do we believe? What lies do I believe? And a very quick example, I will say, I believed for a long time the lie that no one would ever want to sit in front of me and listen to what I have to say. The devil had me so convinced that I was afraid to talk, to speak, to write, to share what I thought. It is through a culture of people who have in time listened to my concerns and shared their encouragement of the gifts that God has given me that have led me to sit here in front of you all. And I'm so grateful that people took the time to listen to me even when I thought I didn't have a voice. And I encourage you all to listen to those around you, whether they look like you or not, and to hear their story so that you know what lie they've told themselves and what lie they have come to believe and to pray into God's truth that the Holy Spirit will show you how to break out of those lies. So again, I ask the question that remains, what lies do we believe? I'm going to close in a word of prayer as the praise team comes up. And thank you all for listening. This is a blessing that you will never really know that has affected me. And I'm just so thankful that I had this opportunity. And I look forward to speaking in front of you all again. So let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for showing me the way and showing us the way. Help us to combat the lies that are so entrenched in our lives and in our culture and in our community. Lord, I pray that people may go out from here and feel your Holy Spirit moving in their hearts and revealing the lies that they have come to believe. Lord, I thank you so much for this community and the support that it brings. And I pray that it will be able to reach out and continue to support its neighbors. Lord, bless us all this day and guide us in all that we do. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen.